Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, while on a trip to New York, my husband and I caught one of the final performances of the musical Here Lies Love. Now, I'd first seen this show about nine years ago during its celebrated off-Broadway run, and I'd been thinking about it ever since. And assuming I'd never have the chance to see it again, we leapt at the opportunity to see its long-delayed transfer to Broadway. Now, for those who are unfamiliar, Here Lies Love is a disco pop musical by David Byrne of The Talking Heads, and Fatboy Slim about the life of former First Lady of the Philippines, Amelda Marcos. Yes, you heard all of that right. <laughs> now, the hows and whys of my love for this show about an extremely controversial figure are more than a bit beyond the scope of this sermon. <laughs> There is, however, a lyric in the final song that is just as worth contemplating now as it was the first time I heard it. In the last scene, the show commemorates the People Power Revolution of 1986, which ousted the Marcoses and in which not a single person died. And as this is going on, a lone voice comments on what he is seeing around him. There's so many people, he sings. Everybody is here. I saw the girls from the office. I saw those guys from the street. You might think you are lost, but then you will find that God draws straight, but with crooked lines. God draws straight, but with crooked lines. Well, in the days and weeks after I first heard these words, I sat with them in prayer more times than I can count. I also listened to the song on a pretty endless loop. And it immediately brought to mind Isaiah's promise to make the crooked straight, that God can make a way out of no way. But more importantly, it spoke to the truth that God is always present working with us in our moments of confusion, our moments of doubt, our moments of feeling unprepared for what lies ahead. On this, the first Sunday of Advent and the beginning of the church's new year, we are almost by definition looking forward to what lies ahead certainly to our annual celebration of the Nativity on December 25th, but also to something else. You may have noticed that this morning's reading from Isaiah doesn't talk about the crooked being made straight or every valley being exalted or any of those other famous verses that open Handel's Messiah. Instead, the prophet pleads to God to come down from heaven so that the nations might tremble at God's presence. Similarly, today's gospel features Jesus describing what signs to expect 
before the disciples see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And while these readings might seem strange for the season before the Nativity, they're a reminder that Advent is about more than anticipating Christmas. It is also about anticipating Christ's second coming in glory. The Gospel according to Mark, which we will read throughout the coming year, like all the Gospels, almost certainly started as a spoken oral tradition that was only written down later. In Mark's case, this likely took place sometime between the years 66 and 74 AD. Now this timing is important because these are the years of the first Jewish-Roman war, including the destruction of the temple in the year 70. For many Jews, including those early followers of Jesus, this conflict and the destruction it wrought were signs that the end was coming, that God was indeed about to come down from the heavens. Mark was written down in this context, and so Mark's Jesus reflects this. He's more brusque, more to the point, and more apt to get frustrated. As one of my New Testament professors said, if the story features Jesus being a bit of a jerk, it's probably from Mark. <laughs> more importantly, the imminence or the nearness of the kingdom of heaven is a thread that runs throughout the gospel. By all accounts, the world was falling apart around Mark's audience political uncertainty, social upheaval, civil unrest. The lives of the average person were crooked beyond measure. measure. It is easy to imagine street corner preachers proclaiming that the end was near. But at the same time, there was a real, tangible belief and hope that God was practically at the gate, waiting to enter the city and save its inhabitants, to work through the chaos and disorder, to make God's desires a reality and draw straight lines. But about that day or hour, no one knows. So beware, says Jesus, keep alert for you do not know when the time will come. Mark's Jesus, for all his directness, isn't really big on advice. And so he doesn't say much about what keeping alert or being prepared looks like. And we aren't helped that much by our lectionary either. Yes, the story that we hear today continues the theme from Matthew these last few weeks about being ready in the midst of difficult circumstances, even when we don't know the time to be ready for. But today's gospel starts just a few verses after the one clue Jesus gives about how to respond to challenging times. When things look like they are at their worst, Jesus says to those who follow him, the good news must first be proclaimed to all nations. Do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given you at that time. 
for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Proclaim the good news. Trust in the Holy Spirit who works with and through you. Well, as far as timeless advice goes, I can't think of much that is better. Not only does it reaffirm our calling to share the good news of God's love for us, but it reminds us that our waiting, that our preparation is not passive, but active, and that God joins us in it. In this season of Advent, this season of waiting, we are reminded that we are not mere puppets of fate, nor are we only subject to random chance. God works within events, from the comical to the messy to the tragic, to bring about God's desire for the world our reconciliation with one another, and our reconciliation with God. But more than that, God partners with us and makes use of our choices and actions to help make this desire a reality. Part of our life together as the church is saying yes to this partnership with God and participating in God's desire for reconciliation, for the healing of God's creation. Just as Mary said yes to the angel Gabriel, we too are asked to say yes to the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives and to proclaim God's good news to the world. Advent is not passive but an active promise that God is with us, even as we wait, even as we do not know what we wait for. The good news we share is that there is nothing we've done in our lives that can separate us from God's love. And because this is true, it is never too late for us to discover how God can draw straight with the crooked lines of our lives. Amen. Amen.